Hello and welcome back to Endopod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. What does the word dexamethasone mean to you? Is it the new wonder drug for coronavirus? Have you seen it all over the news recently? Well, this week, as part of the Covendo series, we'll be looking at just that and how dexamethasone works, and especially how it affects coronavirus from an endocrine perspective. We even have an endocrinologist giving his take on how dexamethasone works, so stay tuned for that. Dexamethasone is a commonly used anti-inflammatory steroid medication. It is generally used for conditions such as arthritis, lupus, psoriasis, etc. It is a man-made version of cortisol, which we talked about in the last episode. As a summary, cortisol is produced in the adrenal glands in our body and acts to increase blood sugar levels as well as decreasing the body's inflammatory response. Dexamethasone has been a drug which has been widely used for over 60 years and is no longer patented, meaning that it is relatively cheap to use and poorer countries can also access it, which is fantastic. To understand the proper effects of dexamethasone, we need to explore inflammation. What does the body's inflammatory response actually mean? When there is an injury in the body, including infection, a few localised events occur. First of all, the blood vessels at the particular site of injury become more leaky, allowing white blood cells and other molecules such as cytokines to flow to the area that require repair. This results in the typical signs of inflammation, which are pain, heat, redness and swelling. At first, non-specific white blood cells such as macrophages and neutrophils act at the site of injury. They engulf and destroy virtually any pathogen they see, and they also send signals to specific white blood cells to come to this area. Lymphocytes are highly specific cells. When someone is exposed to a virus for the first time, these lymphocytes and other white blood cells help fight off the infection. But the special thing about these lymphocytes is that they'll remember that particular virus, so if the body comes into contact with it again, they'll be a lot quicker to act on it and help fight off infection much faster the second time round. Once the immune system has made an adequate inflammatory response to repair and remove injury or infection, it needs to be switched off. This is called resolution. During inflammation, white blood cells release powerful germ-killing cells and then commit suicide in a process called apoptosis. When they die, they act like sponges and soak up any cytokines that surround them to prevent them from attracting any more white blood cells. Once everything has been soaked up, the remaining debris is cleaned up by macrophages. This process is a lot more complex, but this is a nutshell of how the inflammatory system in our bodies gets activated and then deactivated. It is a well-known fact that coronavirus can lead to lung complications, such as acute respiratory distress syndrome, also known as ARDS. It is a rapidly progressive condition that can occur in critically ill patients. It can occur due to direct injuries to the lung, such as smoking and pneumonia, or indirect injuries such as sepsis or medical reactions. ARDS results from a buildup of fluid in the lung, which means oxygen will not reach the bloodstream and the patient goes into distress. They can present with severe shortness of breath, cough, fast heart rate and rapid breathing. Most patients with ARDS will need to be put on a ventilator and if their oxygen levels are still low, they'll need to be put on their stomachs, known as a prone position. 
ARDS can lead to excessive inflammation in the lungs and the buildup of fluid may cause scarring of the lung tissue. In other cases, the lungs may even pop and deflate, leading to a collapsed lung. Now, the coronavirus is thought to generate mass inflammation within the lungs, leading to a disruption of the blood vessels within them. This in itself will decrease the amount of oxygen being picked up at the lungs, leading to ARDS. When patients reach later stages of infection, the body will try to fight off the infection by sending immune cells to the lungs, causing a big inflammatory reaction. And the ARDS is a consequence of this inflammation. I'm sure the words cytokine storms are very familiar, as they have been used all over the news and social media. Ultimately, ARDS occurs due to these cytokine storms. In the later stages of infection, coronavirus leads to the release of excessive amounts of pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are messenger molecules that will lead to inflammation, and they recruit immune cells to the lungs. These immune cells not only destroy the virus, they also attack healthy cells within the lungs. This is what leads to ARDS and even multi-organ failure in severe cases. The very reaction designed to attack infection ends up attacking the body's own cells. So, we've looked at what inflammation is and how coronavirus fits into that. Let's now move on to the topic at hand, which is dexamethasone. Since dexamethasone is a man-made version of cortisol, we can look at how it affects the inflammatory response by looking at how cortisol does that. It is thought that cortisol may actually prevent the initial events in the inflammatory response from taking place, as well as promoting the deactivation of the inflammatory response that we discussed before. It also dampens the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines and other enzymes that are responsible for inflammation. Cortisol influences most cells involved in the immune response mainly via the glucocorticoid receptor. Cells have proteins called receptors on their surface or even within them, to which molecules such as cortisol will attach and then enter the cell via that. They are like binding sites and the particular binding site for cortisol is the glucocorticoid receptor. When cortisol binds to glucocorticoid receptor, a series of events occur within the target cells which eventually switches on and off particular genes that control the inflammatory response. Cortisol also stops local white blood cells from sticking to the site of injury or infection and releasing their cytokines. It also reduces the rate at which lymphocytes multiply and speeds up the death of lymphocytes. So this is a nutshell of how cortisol and therefore dexamethasone works in the body. There are other complex factors such as the fact that the glucocorticoid receptor is present in more than one form. This presents a challenge when manufacturing synthetic corticosteroid medications as they may not be able to target all the receptors and so they'll be less efficient in general. To add to this point, there are also various genetic pathways and alterations that occur within the cells once the glucocorticoid receptor has been activated. There are many discrepancies within the body, but the currently available corticosteroid medications, such as dexamethasone, still perform sufficiently enough to overall suppress inflammatory response. Now for the big question, how does dexamethasone help with COVID-19? Dexamethasone is thought to suppress the cytokine storms which lead to severe ARDS seen in the late stages of coronavirus infections. This way, immune cells will not attack the body's own tissue. As I mentioned before, it also lowers white blood cell counts and suppresses their activity, which again dampens the excess inflammation which would normally occur in the lungs. 
In March 2020, the recovery trial was set up in the UK by researchers at Oxford. It is a randomised clinical trial used to test a variety of potential therapies for COVID-19, including low-dose dexamethasone. A total of 2,104 patients received 6 mg of dexamethasone once per day for 10 days and were compared to 4,321 patients who received the usual care alone. They found that dexamethasone reduced deaths by one-third in patients requiring ventilation and by one-fifth in patients requiring oxygen only. There was no benefit seen in patients who did not require ventilation or oxygen support. Normally in patients requiring ventilation, the mortality was above 40% and dexamethasone showed very promising results of reducing that down. In other words, 1 out of 8 ventilated patients showed improvement and 1 out of 25 patients requiring oxygen alone showed improvement. The survival enhancement is clear, so dexamethasone is now the standard of care in patients who are sick enough to require oxygen and ventilation. However, dexamethasone only reduces the risk of death in patients who have severe respiratory complications and does not have any effect in those who have COVID-19 but are well enough to not require oxygen. Also, it should be mentioned that dexamethasone does not stop the spread of the virus either. COVID-19 patients in the community and generally healthy people should not be taking dexamethasone and nobody should be buying or taking dexamethasone without medical supervision. John, who is the president of our society, interviewed Dr. Prakash Abraham, a consultant in diabetes and endocrinology, on the endocrinology aspect of dexamethasone. Here are the findings. On to you, John. Thanks, Hepsi. My name is John Saganti, and I'm a third-year medical student. I had the opportunity to ask Dr. Abraham whether there were any potential implications of using dexamethasone in people with pre-existing endocrine conditions. This is his paraphrased response. So currently, dexamethasone is being used in COVID for its anti-inflammatory effects. It is a potent steroid and just 0.5 milligrams of dexamethasone is equal to what our bodies produce. It is being used at a higher dose for its anti-inflammatory effect and generally would not have major implications in most endocrinological conditions. The exception here is diabetes. Insulin is a hormone that acts to lower blood sugar levels. And the issue in diabetes is that blood sugars are too high. Dexamethasone opposes the action of insulin, leading to high blood sugar levels. It also causes the liver to produce new glucose from its stores. So patients who are put on dexamethasone may need higher doses of insulin and other sugar-lowering medications to balance this out. The other issue with using dexamethasone is that if a high dose is used for longer than three weeks, there is a risk of hypothalamo-pituitary-adrenal axis suppression and thereby a risk of adrenal crisis if there are further infections. The hypothalamo-pituitary-adrenal axis, or usually called the HPA axis, is an explanation of how the adrenal glands function within the body. A part of the brain called the hypothalamus secretes a hormone called corticotrophin-releasing hormone, which stimulates the pituitary gland in the brain. This gland then releases adrenocorticotrophic hormone, which further stimulates the adrenal glands, causing them to secrete cortisol and other hormones. Together, these three glands form the HPA axis. Under normal circumstances, if there was a buildup of cortisol, it would prevent the hypothalamus and pituitary gland from secreting their hormones, 
which would then lower cortisol back to normal. This is called negative feedback. However, in long-term dexamethasone use, we are continuously introducing high levels of synthetic cortisol into the body, and the negative feedback system is switched off, so the HPA axis is suppressed and no longer acts normally. When the patient eventually comes off the dexamethasone, the suppression continues. If the patient acquires a further infection after this, it will tip the balance and their adrenal glands will be unable to produce the normal levels of hormones such as cortisol and the other hormones produced by adrenal such as aldosterone. This is called adrenal crisis. However, a study by researchers from the University of Liverpool found that out of 16,749 patients with COVID-19, the median time they spent in hospital was seven days. So this means that a large proportion of patients will only require shorter courses of dexamethasone, which should not cause any major issues. Although, according to the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, dexamethasone and other corticosteroids do come with potential side effects. These include anxiety, tiredness, mood alterations, nausea, headache, gastrointestinal issues, and more. However, dexamethasone has proved to be very useful and effective medication in patients with severe COVID-19 disease, and the benefits far outweigh the potential side effects. So dexamethasone, is it the wonder drug for COVID-19? I hope this podcast episode has answered that question. It is valuable for those who need oxygen and ventilation, but it is still by no means a cure for coronavirus. Further research, such as the recovery trial, is being continued in the hopes of finding an absolute cure for the virus. These are still unprecedented times as we have only known about this virus for a short period of time, and it is still important to follow the government's advice on social distancing and personal hygiene. Join us next week, where we'll be looking at the big topic of mental health and how it affects those living with endocrine conditions during lockdown. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share the podcast with all your friends and colleagues, and of course I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests for future podcasts, then absolutely let us know. As always, we're very grateful for the support we're receiving. A big thank you to Dr. Abraham for providing his valuable insights about dexamethasone. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off. Thank mm-hmm. you.